am Frank, and I'm joined by Kevin today. Hey, hey. Today we have much to talk about. We got Black Panther coming out. We got God of War coming out pretty soon. So we're going to keep on hyping those up. We're going to be talking about Call of Duty and this new question that's starting to be... It's starting to be brought up by non-gamers, <laughs> which is very funny to me, and uh, so much more. But let's first start by this poll that we put up. And we're going to try to do more of these polls. We, we know that you guys like them. Um, and so the, the question was, do you watch shows with clo closed captioning on? This came up because I was watching Good Mythical Morning, love the show, and they were talking about how all their kids watch shows with closed captioning on, and now some of the dads do it as well. And so I'm like, oh, is this a, like a young thing that's coming? Because when I was a kid, never do you watch it with closed captioning on. That's weird because the I've seen a bunch of jokes and stuff like the, there's always the TikTok videos of... Uh guys turning on netflix and his their wife was watching it last and they had the it's always the wives that i see yeah. in, the, in the joke it's the wife that has uh closed captioning on i can't stand it because it's too distracting right. i end up reading it rather than watching it um yeah so no i i don't like closed captioning unless you know the given the circumstances of somebody in the house sleeping or something like that I, it's it's a practical application for me not not so much i'm just the the, the old guy but yeah, no, I don't get it. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And by the votes, 46% of the votes were yes, which is surprising. That's crazy. 26% sometimes and only 26% no. And just, I mean, that completely threw me off. Um, I, I, I'm trying to find the reason why. Scott, a moderator of our Discord, and of course he's been on a couple of podcasts, mentions anime. And maybe that's what it was. It kind of like now ushered in this new era of everybody's using closed captioning. What do you think about that? I mean, that that was our generation that really got into anime, right? That yeah. brought it to the forefront and made it as big as it is. And if we don't use it, it's the younger generation. I don't know if that's entirely true. It might be at mm -hmm. least to some extent, but I don't, I don't know. I don't watch anime, so I don't know if that's true or not. Yeah, maybe maybe we kind of like normalized it a little bit more than it was beforehand. I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I just wasn't a big fan of it. And I always watch things dubbed when I do watch anime. So Right, yeah. Very you don't quite get the full effect of... Uh, the Japanese voice acting in anime if it's dubbed, but you don't have to read it either. Yeah, but to me, like now, you know, <laughs> Ash Ketchum sounds like Ash Ketchum to me the way he is, not whatever the Japanese guy sounds like, although he <laughs> right. definitely did the job first. <laughs> you know? um, and uh, the, the really good use of this to me is like with shows like uh, House of Dragons, when I have to see, okay, what's the exact name that they said? So sometimes I'll go back and turn it on for a second to see like, oh, it's Eamon, not Damon, because that is literally two characters right now in Hot D. Uh, so that does make it a little tricky, but you know, I don't know. To me, it sounds crazy. It distracts me like crazy if I have it on. Yeah. So just wondering what, what people were thinking. Let us know if you guys uh, have them on or off. We will do, be doing more polls, you know, fan engagement. It's like a big thing, I guess. We're going to try to keep it up. Uh, let us know. We've got a war coming out. And what I want you to do for me first, can you kind of break down what the story is so that just like I would say like those quick fire review kind of versions of it right so people know where we're going into this one yeah so it, whether or not you played the original God of War games on the PS2 PS3 way back when um, the new God of War takes place way after that he's uh, Kratos is trying to progress as a human uh, he had a wife that died um, if you haven't played the 2018 I guess that's a spoiler 2018 God of War but it's at the very beginning of the game it's, it's kind of the premise of the you game you should know the whole point is going to uh, the mountain <laughs> Yeah, basically, you're trying to figure out uh, how, he's trying to figure out Kratos is, is how he fits in this Norse world rather than the Greek mythology world that he was in before and how to raise a son that he doesn't seem to like <laughs> throughout most of the game. Boy, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, 
and it's Christopher Judge at his finest as a voice actor, but that's neither here nor there. Um, Ragnarok is starting, so that, that's what that's what this game's leading into is uh, Ragnarok, and it looks like you're going to be battling Thor and uh, other Norse gods that you didn't touch in the first 2018 God of War. And I'm very excited. It's the PS5, like basically the litmus test, litmus test to see if the PS5 is what people say it is. Um, it's it's going to be the game for it. It uh, yeah, it better it better hold up because this is the thing where they're like stretching it to those limits, and they even said like, well, we had a hard time because we had to make sure it worked on the PS4 as well. We'll see how it works out. Yeah. Um, let's go over the big twist and what that means for the story. Can you tell us what the big twist from God of War One was or four? Uh, was I guess. there oh what which twist? Because okay, the, the one I can think of is to do with his son. His son, yes, yes, yes. Okay, so his son is actually Loki, oh, and he is—he's a, a a bit of a demigod, I believe, is as how they're phrasing it. Because I don't know if his mom, his mom—I don't know if she was a god in the lore. I don't remember that. It was four years ago. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. But Kratos was at one point the god of war, so he has the the godly powers still, and passed some of that off to him. And yeah. His son, Atreus, is actually I think Atreus was the name he went by um, yeah. is actually Loki in uh, Norse mythology. It's definitely Atreus because that's the coolest motherfucker ever from Never Ending Story. So okay. I remember the name. Um, yeah. So that, I love that like struggle between, you know, here we have Kratos who's like, I'm killing gods. I hate gods. Gods are the worst. Oh, snap. My son is a god. A pretty dope god, by the way. And so now it's like, what do you do with that? What do you think? He, what do you think he's going to do going forward with that knowledge? I think he's going to try to keep his son away from like that was basically the entirety of the 2018 game was him trying to leave his son out of the whole godly affairs thing and let his son live a normal life. And it was basically a bonding game is the last of us Norse version, Um, (laughs) but with the son instead of a daughter, I think he's going to try to make sure that his son doesn't grow up to resent gods the way that he grew up resenting Ares specifically. And then Mm -hmm. Zeus, um, And I, I think it's going to backfire and he's going to go even more into it. And by the end of the game, it's going to tease that Loki is going to be the villain of the next one. Potentially. I don't know. That's just Ugh. what I'm g- guessing. That would break my heart. <laughs> that would it's be rebellious so son. I mean, by the time that they get to that game, he's going to be older. He's going to be the rebellious teenager. God, I, I, I think it's kind of just writing all the, the, the pieces for that. The director of this game, though, has said that this is the last of this version of God of War. That they're going to move on to a different mythology and everything after this. I seeing the hype though. I mean, they had Ben Stiller doing a whole like skit about this. There's no chance in hell that they're going to make this the end. I can't imagine that. Well, they could because those are the best stories, like the ones that have a beginning, middle, and end that are pre-planned, and they see it through and don't try to add anything afterwards. Assassin's Creed, (laughs) exactly. Like do something brand new, like Assassin's Creed's doing now. I guess. Yeah, that's fair. That's what they're doing now. Yeah, it's much better. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm interested in seeing how that furthers and how he's going to be able to help out his son and stuff like that. Why do you think the hype is so real with this game? I actually played this game. You actually saw me stream it like 2020, 2021, somewhere around there. Um, easy mode, I'll admit guys, but, uh, I loved the combat myself and every bit of the Norse mythology I can learn. I was trying to soak it up like a sponge. What do you think is bringing people back so much? It is a cinematic masterpiece. Oh, great. It is the modern evolution of video games. I think that that's 
where these big budget video games are going wrong, God of War is going right. Like they focus on making sure the combat and uh, the, everything that you see and play, like participate in in the game, is very fun, fast, and fluid. Mm -hmm. But with the background of having a very well written and uh, very graphically appealing world around it. Yeah. So it, it takes the best of movies with the best of video games. And I, I think that's kind of the future evolution of big budget video games. And uh, Call of Duty has been trying to do this for a very long time. And for a lot of games, they've hit that, but not to the mm -hmm. same extent that God of War does, because it's so intricate with the interpersonal uh, stories between Kratos and each of the gods that he was killing in the original games, and then especially in 2018 and probably in Ragnarok as well. But you're so right with the Call of Duty. That's a really good call out, uh, shout out there, because if you think of like the infamous airport scene, uh, the entire time you're trying to embed yourself into a terrorist group and you're doing these heinous acts and the whole time you're questioning yourself like, I mean, what's separating me from being a terrorist right now? I'm trying to bust these guys, but yet I'm, you know, uh, uh, committing these atrocities. And then at the very end, you're shot by the lead terrorist who's like by the way we know who you are popped in the head and you're done and so that that little action piece is like i went through so many emotions quite they let you skip that mission so right away you go into like i don't know if i should even be playing this right now how american am i um so you feel bad and then by the end you're just like i am so freaking betrayed what the hell um god of war does that like but way better obviously and it's just gorgeous um i cannot wait for this world it's gonna be so cool yep where do you want to see the franchise go from here? You try, you think there should be a third game or do you think they should move on to a new mythology? Whatever best, best fits the story they want to write. Honestly, I trust them fully at this point going from the straight up hack and slash revenge story to yeah. a more thought out cinematic, uh, raising a son story, essentially, or trying to the self discovery. I, as well, I, I fully have faith in them that Sony Santa Monica is going to do, the right thing for Kratos for the brand because they're not at this point th that's their brand like they can't yeah. screw it up or if they do they're not going to be making these games in the future <laughs> definitely not yeah uh I'm, I'm just hyped to see it uh, I'm a little worried about them changing mythologies because this one's so uh prominent right now everybody's a big fan of Vikings look at everything around you um and I'm worried about what mythology they'll do next maybe like an Egyptian mythology would be very interesting oh but... that would be awesome yeah, but, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so let's make sure it's not Assassin's Creed then. You know, they have to really make sure they don't yeah. retread anything. That could be sticky. So that was my worry with uh, Valhalla. Uh, the, yeah, with uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, that they were going to try to be very God of War about it. And there was a lot of that in that game, too. But yeah. it also made it fun in its own right. So, I, yeah, that's tough. I don't know. Let us know what you guys think about it. We will be streaming the hell out of that game upon release. I am, uh, I am like going to GameStop that morning, picking up my copy, downloading it as fast as I can. Going to do the PS5 version, so come and check out how bad I am. <laughs> Sticking to the world of video games, Phil Spencer reveals this week, he talked to CNBC. Uh, he says that Xbox is losing $100 per Series X and $200 per Series S. Okay, so first off, my first reaction when I heard this is like, I need to buy a Series S. Because I'm like right away thinking like, it's better than I even think because it's worth $200 more than this. What do you think about this statement here? So they're losing $100 for the Series X, the more expensive. X, the more expensive one, yeah. Interesting that they're losing more money on the... I mean, I, I guess that kind of makes sense because the other one is 100 bucks less expensive, but it doesn't have... I don't know. It, it's a very smart move. I think it could backfire on them, but they did the same thing with the original Xbox, didn't they? Mm -hmm. They lost money for every console that was sold. 
it was trying like to, to the make dollar. it up. Yeah, like I, I remember okay. the three sixty was like like you had like twenty dollar margin. It was so crazy close. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, if it's making them money with uh, subscriptions and with their first party games, especially with Game Pass, I of course it's probably worth it. We were in Discord. Or they wouldn't be doing it. Yeah, we were in Discord, and uh, by the way, come out, hang out on Discord. We actually had really cool discussions over there. We were talking about like, I really liked that conversation we had about like, what are you wanting out of social media, and discussing like what is the perfect social media, and really we came down to the fact that like. We don't know what we want, <laughs> you know, like I want discoverability while others want to make sure to target like certain groups and stuff like that. So it's very interesting conversation. Nevertheless, um, the other thing we were talking about, we, we Panda, one of our younger uh, attendees in Discord, members of Discord, uh, brought up the fact that like, oh, yeah, Xbox, blah, 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 Game Pass. And like the fact that now Game Pass is just the selling point for Xbox, I think, is a, gam- a gamble that they first did. And then they've won that bet. And it's pretty freaking impressive. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think they lost that bet originally last generation. Yeah. And then finally, time's caught up to their way of thinking. And it's like, yeah, digital subscription services, that is the future for at least the foreseeable future. So, yeah, now they're winning that bet for sure. Yeah, until Meta and the Metaverse kicks in, then I'm ready to be hanging out with Zuckerberg in his Metaverse. <laughs> as long as I have legs, damn it. Yeah, oh, my God. <laughs> he made, like, such a big deal out of that, like, a whole presentation. Like, look, guys, I got legs now. It's like Grand Theft Auto, bro. We've all had legs. We're running around talking to each other the whole time. Like, come oh, on. <laughs> He's the worst. Second of the worst. Um, right. Okay. <laughs> now, you used to work in retail selling video games, right? Yeah. To some extent. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have the reps come in and talk to you? Yes. Um, it was mostly Nintendo, though. Yeah. Nintendo was super active. Yeah. What was yeah. that like? What were, what were they telling you, basically? Um, they wanted just. They just bo- mostly wanted me to wear their swag to rep yeah. their their stuff. I love the lanyards, um, man. <laughs> yeah, I honestly I wasn't high up enough in the the corporate structure to be able to talk to very many of them unless I was currently on the floor working. But yeah, it's it mostly yeah. This is our new game. We're it is always like the sweetest old lady that you could tell isn't really a gamer, <laughs> but they know how to. They went up through the the sales ladder, you know. Yeah. And that's what they did as a job. And they were kind of into it. But it's like, no, you, you, you got to flip the, s- the screen that way. <laughs> it's like, doing it, you're doing it wrong, Grandma. Here, give it to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that was my experience. Probably not the greatest. I, uh, when I worked in retail as well, selling video games, um, Nintendo was kind of just whatever. Uh, Sony was pretty aggressive, like the, but he was like a heck of a salesman. And it was Xbox that came in. It was like, I'm an Xbox player. Let me show you what we got. And it was really pushing. And of course lanyards for days boys <laughs> i was getting those left and right um one of the big things that they were doing though they were like hey can you really push this or that particular games particular controllers hey this you know it's like for an example this wasn't around at the time but this is the elite controller we actually make you know 13 dollars more on this one so try to push that one more and it's got this benefit over this benefit one of the things back in the day that they were really excited about was the xbox series s i think it was no that can't be right it was the xbox 360 but the digital only version it was like this new idea and they were really pushing like this is going to be big. We promise you. And they made a lot more money off of it. So they were really pushing it then, back then. I just find it. it just, I actually ended up working on the other side of that, too. I ended up repping for all three companies at one point for Walmarts. And it was the most <laughs> it was the most ridiculous job. My job was to go to the area Walmarts. I had certain ones I had to go, go to go in and teach the employees how to play the games around all the demos. So I'd go in and I'd be like, hey, this is, you know, this is what Crash Bandicoot looks like. Boom, 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 teach them how to play it. 
tell me how the hell I'm supposed to do that. Go into a, a business and say, by the way, corporate, the people you don't see ever, they want me to like stop your employees from working to go play video games for about 30 minutes. Never went well, man. I always got pushed back from the management. <laughs> it's like, uh, your boss sent me. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> yeah, that'd be the first thing that I, I, I was thinking too, is that is if I'm working on the sales floor of, a, for instance, Walmart for this example, uh, my supervisor comes walking by and I'm just standing with a sales rep for yeah. Nintendo playing their their Wii demo display, whatever. Uh, yeah, the first thing I'm going to do is get talked to and then probably <laughs> sent home early or something. It was such chaos, but that that's a big part of it is trying to figure out like what to sell that's not the system because nobody, the companies know they're not making money on the system. But it's interesting to see that Xbox is fully like, we're losing X amount, like a lot of money. And telling CNBC, who, you know, CNBC, if you guys, you know, that's that's the like market watch version of, of NBC. And so it's obviously showing up in their market value. I mean, I think Xbox is doing quite well. I think they're trying to kind of, again, we talked about this before, feign death with all this Activision stuff going on. Trying to dog it a little bit, you know, but we'll see. All right. So speaking of Call of Duty and Activision Blizzard, they had the, quote, biggest entertainment launch uh, in recent history. So Culture Cave, by the way, you guys follow Culture Cave on Twitter if you're still on Twitter. They put out a thing where they mentioned Modern Warfare 2, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2, opened this weekend with $800 million worldwide. In comparison, they compared it to Spider-Man No Way Home did $600 million, the new Doctor Strange 450, the newest Thor 303, and the new Batman uh, 248. I also had a react uh, uh, interaction with my dad like last week, or whatever. Something about a video game came up. I was like, oh man, oh I think it was God of War. Actually, I was like, oh man, this God of War is a masterpiece. Some of the best visuals I've ever seen. And he's like, yeah, but it's a video game. Like he just couldn't imagine it being important at all. I'm like, and I told him like, it's a video game. It's going to outdo movies. It's just like hands down. What what's going on in current business models where we're seeing video games are becoming more prominent than movies? Why is that the case? I think we're getting older, like our generation and the generation younger than us also plays video games. Mm -hmm. um, it's not seen as like a niche anymore. It's it is the mainstream. If you don't play video games, you're kind of the weird one, I think, at this point. But also yeah, games have a higher sticker price. Um, they have a, a, a higher longevity, like a 60 hour game versus a two hour movie. There's mm -hmm. more inherent value to it. So people are willing to pony up for a $70 game versus a a $20 movie ticket for a two and a half hour movie that you can watch on Disney plus for free in you know, yeah. three months, whatever. Uh, yeah. Also bringing it back to the God of war thing. When I said that it God of war is a cinematic masterpiece. I'm like comparing that to cinema. Like yeah. it, it's got the beats of a movie, but you are the one interacting with it, driving the story forward. So you feel like you're more a part of it. You get more invested in it. And that over time leads to you playing other games and trying other things. And it's just a spiral from there. Shadow of Colossus, such a great example of like that beats cinema at doing what cinema tries to do with monsters that beats it. And I think that that's something that uh, the older generation doesn't understand. The fact that I'm, of course, we talked about this before in the past, but when you're partaking in the action, when you're partaking in the emotions, you feel them so much more because all of a sudden I'm betrayed, not my character. I am betrayed by this or I'm feeling that adrenaline rush. So there's that. Um, and then also when you look at like the longevity, like you're saying, I wonder if it's because the way the business works for movies, it goes to theater, it goes to streaming or DVD. And then at that point, it's like money's made on the other side of it, but we're not spending any more for it. Like we'll just have TBS, for example, if you still have cable and you're watching reruns of old school. 
Um, but that money, like, I'm not paying any more, but, like, I will still buy copies of Portal, or <laughs> I couldn't tell you how many times I bought Skyrim. You know, <laughs> like, so I wonder if there's something there, too. Like, these games actually just straight up have more life because of that. Yeah, that that's a very, very strong point that once it's out of theaters, most people don't pay for it ever anymore unless they want a physical copy, which physical copies of movies are almost not quite a thing they're of the past yet, but they're getting to be a thing of the past. And yeah. the used video game market, I can tell you firsthand, is hot. It's it's like red hot right wow, now. Wow, yeah. The used movie market, I would be surprised if that didn't pick up over the next five, ten years because yeah. I, I think that fewer and fewer people are buying physical copies of movies and it's going to get to a point like with vinyl and cd music that it's just a thing of the past and collectors are going to start wanting them and they're going to be nostalgic again or at some point and you remember back in my day when we had to put a blu-ray in and what blu-ray it, seems so futuristic right now I, yeah <laughs> i mean yeah 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 i know and, and, and it's hard to find like if you want i remember back in the day like oh hey the new whatever avengers is coming out i gotta go to walmart or best buy and get the steel case I don't even, mm-hmm. I don't leave my house for that. Why would I do that now? That doesn't make any sense for me to do that. I'll just watch on Disney Plus. It'll be right there. It'll be in as high definition as it can be anyways. So, yeah. boy, that's a really good example, though, with the hard copies, because I have so many DVDs, and I'd like to be able to use them to buy a car, you know, at some point. But I have, <laughs> but I have DVDs posted on Mercari, and, like, not a freaking like on them. And they're at the minimum price. It's just, they're not budging. So I wonder yeah. when that's going to happen and when I can become rich. That'd be nice. I'd say stock up now. It's it's a for sure thing. No, don't do that. Yes. I'm not a financial advisor. <laughs> oh my god! To the moon, guys! DVDs to the moon. <laughs> I just at bingo, by the way. So just for you guys at home, I just came back from bingo match. I won two lotto tickets for the one point whatever billion. So if I win off of a bingo round, oh my god, it's gonna be so freaking dope. That'd be sweet. Uh, it. Uh, everybody who leaves, I'm not going to do this. Yeah. Everybody who leaves a review this week, if I win the lotto, I'll give you $10,000. I'm sure that's illegal somehow, but we'll find a way. <laughs> Is that only if you win the full 1.5 bill or what yeah. if somebody else wins with I you? I need that 1.5 okay. billion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. 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 <laughs> if, if you have to split it with anybody, then the 10 K thing for reviews is off the table. Then it goes down to 5 K. Cause I mean, come oh, on okay, guys, okay. I got to save money somewhere. This is t- time. I'm going to make a few burner accounts and leave like seven <laughs> reviews myself. <laughs> you see how much gas is costing half, a, half of uh, a billion dollars isn't going to be quite enough. Oh man. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, uh, let me know what you let us know on our social media, what you guys think about this. Um, the, the, uh, things have changed podcast. I just found them out this week. Uh, they putting up a good point. Grand Theft Auto five, which is kind of leaning on the scale a little bit using that game, but has made $6 billion in comparison to Avatar, widely believed to be one of the most popular movies ever made, $2.2 billion. That, I think, there speaks for itself, because GTA got released three times, four times, a bunch of times, and <laughs> just as a monster. Avatar, they put it back in theaters, but it was so weird that they did that, and I can't think of a person who actually went to go see it in theaters again. So, kind of gives a good example of like how these, these systems work. 2021, there's the last bit from them, actually. 2021 gaming outperformed film and music combined cool. music said dead art <laughs> I, I mean i wonder if that includes like live ticket sales for music events like concerts and it's 2021 like so probably because there wasn't a lot oh, of those. yeah yeah yep. yeah it makes sense and a really good time to be a video game developer <laughs> oh, <laughs> sadly yeah. you know 
All right, we're moving on to EA. See, I got Kevin here, so we're gonna be talking about a lot of video games. We've been kind of waiting for Kevin to show up for the video game stuff. So I push you button, surprised Magic, it's not Ubisoft and more Activision. I'm shit. not trying to torture you. I'm just trying to. But <laughs> you say that, but let's go. Let's move on to EA now. Half torture. EA uh, signs a three-year game or three-game uh, deal with Marvel. The first one's going to be an Iron Man game. Uh, do you trust EA? And I'm going to start first. After Jedi Fallen Order, I kind of do a little bit because that game was exactly what I wanted. I paid one amount, enjoyed the hell out of it, and I would be happy to buy the sequel. What do you think? I trust EA as long as they're as hands off as they were with Jedi Fallen Order. Exactly. That's a good example is that game, Jedi Fallen Order. They let uh, in, uh, Respawn, they let Respawn just do what they wanted to do with that game and tell a good single player story from beginning to end yeah. and didn't load it with all the the multiplayer cosmetic upgrades and uh, other downloadable microtransaction content shit that they could have thrown into it. They made a solid game. I have a feeling with as big as Marvel is and as much of the like the costumes and stuff that there are and there's you know decades Variants. of lore that for them to exploit that I I don't trust them with Marvel. <laughs> let me just say that. I am I'm, I'm really worried that they're just going to be like, "Hey, you know what? Nobody played Anthem. So let's just put Iron Man skins on that and boom, there's oh, our God. Iron Man game." <laughs> I didn't even think of that. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Literally, I still have Anthem in package unopened on my shelf right now. I'm keeping it so that the aliens can find it because that shit is it should be in a museum for how bad of a launch that game was. <laughs> it's unreal. Uh, we need to bury them in the desert, right? Exactly. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> such a good story. Ooh, that's a pushing button. Like if you ever do like a history thing on pushing buttons, talking Ooh. about the EA ET, or yeah. the ET burial. Oh, man. Good, good ideas now. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we talked to Marvel. We talked to some people on online about this. Some of the people that uh, gave responses. Lucas Egan, by the way, Lucas Egan, guys, follow him on Twitter. Um, he's a reporter for the Game Awards. Uh, he wants a Sifu style game based on Shang Chi, which after the popularity of Shang Chi, I'm totally down for them expanding that character. I think that's a great idea. Yeah, Sifu was a fun game to begin with. Mm -hmm. Like I, I didn't finish it because it's a little. I'm I'm not that good, but it was a very fun game, and Shang Chi would fit that perfectly. Yeah, it's like Elden Ring with me. It's like, I can respect it from afar. <laughs> That's where I'm best. <laughs> right. Scott right. via Twitter. And this is, yes, this is the Scott who's the moderator of our Discord. Um, Anti-hero RPG where you bounce good and evil choices, much like KOTOR. Can you think of how that would work in Marvel? Is there any particular character? Maybe maybe like a Wolverine? No, he doesn't really go evil, though. You need an anti-hero. Yeah, I... I'm not very good at that because I don't know like the deep Marvel lore. I only know yeah. like MCU stuff. So oh, the, Dr. The Doom. Closest... There we go. Sometimes oh, Dr. Nice. Doom's a nice guy. I just named it for you guys. Cool. Or Namor, which is somebody you're going to be seeing pretty soon. That's even more of an anti-hero. Uh, Lisa Rhymes via uh, Instagram said Wolverine hack and slash, which reminds me so much. I think it was like called. I think it was just called X2. There was a Wolverine game that came out on like the PS2 where you break out of the facility where they actually made Wolverine who he is like project X project thing. X. Yeah. That was such a solid, solid game. Those I liked when they used to do those. We talked about it in the past. I got to stop saying that because we've talked about everything in the past already. Sorry for that. It's a new drinking game. Um, <laughs> we, but I love those like just straight up tie-ins, the old movie tie-ins for video games that were just like, Hey, yeah, this is the Lord of the Rings game movie. You just watched now go play it. Perfect. Get me in there. Yeah. I, I think the one that you're talking about was actually an X-Men origins Wolverine tie-in. I think, you're I think right. that's what it was because it was on the 360 as well. 
which mm-hmm. was like the generation after that. And but I think it might have been a cross generational game. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. played that game was very fun. That was before my time with Marvel. I had no idea that I liked Marvel besides the old X-Men cartoons back in the day. So okay. I love that game. That game was great. Yeah. So if they want to do something new with that, it's a great way to I know they're working on a Wolverine game right now, anyways, but just make it a simple hack and slash. What's so wrong with that? That's perfect. Uh and then, oh yeah, me. <laughs> I was like, who's this last <laughs> guy? Mine. Big thing here. <laughs> I know, right? Uh a Daredevil game. Okay. So check this out. Because the mechanics of his hearing would be so cool to see. It would be like a more complex version of like the Eagle Sight Assassin's Creed have. You know, wouldn't that be so neat to try to explore that? That would be fun. They'd have to they'd have to be very delicate with how they how they portray that, I suppose. So as to not like make like make it seem like they're exploiting people with disabilities, you know. Like, I, th- th- there's there's a line to walk there that it's, yeah. it's like this is the character you're playing the character this is the character's abilities that's fair yeah he but is he, a super i mean he has super here like it's it's not just a blind like don't yeah don't throw things at blind people kind of thing they're not daredevils but right yeah but we we stand by that guys um <laughs> it's, it's good that we stand for something around yeah, here right go on out <laughs> stop throwing shit at blind people uh <laughs> any marvel properties you could think on the top of your head that you might want to see ea tackle um, yes, because this one hasn't been done for a while and I missed out on the PS2 version of, uh, the Punisher. Oh, I didn't think about a Punisher game. Yeah. I didn't think about that until we were just talking about the anti-hero thing. And I'm like, maybe the Punisher would kind of fit that, but I think it's a little too violent for a KOTOR style, uh, light side, dark side <laughs> yeah. game. So, um, kind of like redo the old style Punisher game, just make it a very gory, uh, messy kind of game that you feel bad about playing yeah was it like bullet storm there's like some good ones in the old 360 bullet days storm was so good yeah maybe uh make it like a gears of war or something i stole it out of my mouth before i got out of there <laughs> nice job yes oh perfect actually that over the shoulder everything would really work well that's that's a great great option also if they made anything that was like uh what are the marvel ultimate alliance if they made anything like that that wasn't a switch exclusive I've I've heard that the third one, Marvel Ultimate Alliance three, was not that great because it was a Switch exclusive, so it yeah. didn't have like the graphical fidelity that the the that we're used to, and yeah, it my just kind of seemed lackluster. <laughs> right, exactly. I love uh, the Switch, but uh, man, I, I yeah. Steam Deck. It's I don't play it enough, but I also don't play my Steam enough. But the Steam Deck is totally where it's at now. Now that you now that I played emulators, and the fact that like not to kind of brag this out to everybody. It's extremely easy to emulate Switch games on the Steam Deck. It's like silly easy how, how you can do that. Huh. Yeah, might have to get some tips from you yeah. and figure out how I'm going to get myself a Steam Deck. It's pretty clean. All right, let's move on to Black Panther. We have the new Black Panther coming out, guys. Uh, the day of the release, we're going to have a From the Pages hitting our Patreon and on Bitcade. Make sure you guys check out Bitcade. It's an app that we love and we definitely support. Um, that's going to be the From the Pages all about Namor, breaking down his history, the key moments of his history, and what we expect out of the future of him and some deep dive and predictions uh, it's a lot of fun doing those so anyways black panther's coming out do you remember a lot of the story from the first black panther movie not really it's been a bit right so i know yeah. i watched it a ton when it first came out but i watched it like three times at this point and i yeah, yeah. It, it's like any of the other marvel movies I, I see it and then i forget it until i watch it again yeah generally the the outcome of that movie was the was this idea that Wakanda was reclusive. They were not showing their their cards to anybody. They looked like they were just a poor country, but really they were you know quite advanced, the most advanced uh, that we know of so far. Let's throw that out there. And um, by the end, T'Challa decides we need to reveal everything we have and try to help those that we can by example. 
he was kind of awoken by um, Killmonger, who I loved Killmonger as a villain. Super well written because I don't know about you. I'm watching that. And I'm kind of like, you know, Killmonger's kind of right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Thanos is kind of right too, you know? Um, <laughs> Those so, are the best villains. I know. Yeah, when you're like, okay, like, you know, I've, the Empire, they, they were kind of creating order and these freaking rebels are just messing things up right now. So <laughs> go watch Andor. Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's kind of where we're at. Right. So he, he kind of was awoken by Killmonger who's saying like, Hey man, don't you see our people are suffering? So he's seeing that like, instead of using, you know, military might, I'm going to use lead by example. That's the end of black Panther going forward from that infinity war. He got zapped away with a snap, uh, came back and he led the most amazing scene ever put on television or movies when he was the first person coming out of the portal and, chanting the chance i can't even say it again it's so freaking dope um so that's that's kind of where we left things and then sadly in real life we lost chadwick boseman of course to cancer so freaking suddenly now we're going into black panther 2 it's going to first address the loss of chadwick boseman it's going to take place one year after the events of t'challa's death we don't know how he dies in the mcu yet but what are you hoping they do with his death oh that's a tough question right um I, I don't know. I, I that's a, it's a very tough question. I kind of hope that they, I don't know story wise what I'm hoping for, but I hope that whatever it does, it's kind of a, a wink and a nod to Chadwick Boseman himself, and that they kind of explain that his his death is more meaningful than just the death of this one guy. It was more than just a hero in one place. Like he's a hero for an entire people. Like yeah. he's a champion for. Uh, the lesser, you know, the people that are uh, underheard and stuff. I, I kind of hope that they explore that a little bit, but they also don't need to make the movie lean entirely on it, but that they're very respectful with the mourning process within this movie. I think that's vital. Yeah. I hope they like literally just say T'Challa died of cancer. Like, let's just tell the truth in that because I mean, it could take just anybody and it doesn't matter how strong you are. It doesn't matter, you know, T'Challa, he took the, the herb to become stronger. Um, it, it could take anybody. And so let's, let's tell it like it is. And then it's a good way to kind of, uh, so this movie, what this movie has, has to do is address mourning in the Marvel universe, because we've lost so many people in the Marvel universe. The most notably is Iron Man. And we had that shot of his little funeral and stuff like that. And that just broke all of us while we're watching theaters. Right. Um, and, and then in uh, Spider-Man far from home is a little bit of like one character mourning another character. I, but it was kind of uh, lost a little bit in that. I think they need to use this movie to really kind of address what does mourning look like and how, how fragile we all can be with cancer is just, I mean, it could be out, out for anybody. Um, I, I would like for them to really try to take things here. They do say in their like little synopsis is that Sherry, after even a year, is still not healing from his death. That happens to so many people in real life. What a great time to address that, you know? Yeah, dealing with the stages of grief in a real way. And the major difference between like the death of Iron Man and the death of Black Panther is the real life death of the actor that portrayed him. So yeah, us as fans, when we see that Iron Man died in the movie, it's like, well... You know, there's multiple universes now. There's multiple timelines, and yeah. Robert Downey Jr. is still 
probably willing to put the boots on one more time for yeah. a cameo. We don't get that as fans of Chadwick Boseman to see him again like that. So I kind of hope that they also allow us as the fans to be able to mourn the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Yeah, I really hope so. Uh, and if you guys want, like, the last performance of uh, T'Challa, of Chadwick Boseman as T'Challa, is in the What Ifs. Have you had a chance to watch those? Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. I watched them as they so, were airing. Yeah. Freaking fantastic. And the T'Challa episodes were the best ones. Yep. Like, for sure. Yeah. He, uh, it is, in this version, T'Challa actually becomes Star-Lord and turns the Ravagers into, like, this paladin group saving people all the time. And it's just like, yeah. oh, he's that freaking good. <laughs> yep. so, he talked Thanos down. Yeah, he talked, <laughs> Thanos was part of the team. Good yeah, call. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Oh my God. Yeah, so um, I, I really, I have heavy expectations with that. I really want them to take their time. Um, in all of the preamble that we've been seeing out of like Ryan Coogler, the director, and and a lot of the cast, is, is just how important T'Challa's legacy and Chadwick Boseman's legacy is going forward. Um, and then with the rest of the story, of course, I want them to use that to kind of expand from because that's one key thing with T'Challa is he's he's a king first and a hero second. And he has to represent his people. He has to make sure that they're safe and that they're represented and everything like that. Well, he's going to be going against Neymar who has to do the exact same thing and he has a tuna the entire time. He has to, his brother, he has to make sure it doesn't like Game of Thrones him out of his freaking chair. <laughs> so he has that going on. And of course, Big prediction here. We're going to see Dr. Doom at some point. And uh, maybe at the very, you know, tail end or something like that. But Dr. Doom is also protecting his country. And da, da, da. I love a hero like that. Someone who's like, my first priority is my people. Then I'll be a hero for everybody else. Um, that's complex heroes, bro. Let's, let's, let's see them. I think that's really cool. Heck yeah. Any hopes or predictions out of this, out of uh, Wakanda Forever? Uh no, I try to go in as blind as possible to any of these movies. Oh, way to uh, do it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it, it helps not having much of a knowledge of Marvel as a whole. So, no, I, I don't have... I, I, yeah, no hopes, no predictions. I'm just open that the movie's going to be good, and I'm sure it will be. Oh, yeah. I, I think that's the way to do it. I wish I was more like you, because I get to where <laughs> I over, like, watch things and read up on things, blah, 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 blah. So where now when I go in, and I think a lot of Marvel fans are doing this, and it's to the detriment of MCU, I go in with like, if I don't see Doctor Doom, then this thing's a failure. Like, that's <laughs> not fair. <laughs> yeah, Star Wars killed that for me, so I don't do that with Marvel. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. that. But they won the clone Palpatine. I mean, they did that to themselves. There's nobody yeah. could have forced them to do that except for them. Um, and yeah, so I think a lot of fans, including if you're listening to this podcast about us talking about deep dives on Marvel, you're one of them. They might be looking too much into T'Challa. And I think we need to go in with just like, hey, did I have fun with this? Which is how I went in with Thor. And I think that helped me a lot. Yes, um, entirely. Yeah. Did I have fun? Yes. No. Okay. There we go. That's how I went in with Black Adam too. And, you know, hey, the answer was no. <laughs> but, but he's okay. The headlines are Vision Quest is a new series coming to Disney Plus about White Vision. Obviously a spinoff from uh, WandaVision. Aubrey Plaza joins the Agatha Ar uh, Harkness series. That also is a, a spinoff. Lupita Nyong'o, speaking of Black Panther, will be starring in a new spinoff called A Quiet Place Day One. We don't know if that's a movie or a series yet, but with her, I presume a movie. Friday the 13th is getting a prequel series for Peacock called Crystal Lake. And Yaya Abdul-Mateen, practice that name, uh, is set to play uh, Wonder Man for a Disney Plus series. By the way, that just got Bob Odenkirk 
That's got insane cast with it, actually. That's like a really crazy good cast. So that might be good for some reason. Uh, any of those you want to dive into? I think there's one in particular you want to dive into. Uh, there's two, actually. The Vision Quest, and, uh, both the spinoffs of WandaVision. WandaVision. I loved, loved, loved WandaVision. <laughs> um, anyway. I, I'm, yeah, I'm glad that we're finally getting to see some kind of uh, stuff for Vision because we have no idea after that whole Vision versus Vision scene yeah. and uh the white vision realizing that he's not who he thinks or he is who he thinks he is, but doesn't have the memories he knows. I, I don't know. I, I, I want them to delve deeper into that character and kind of have the inner conflict of, I know who I am. I have these memories, but I don't remember what they made me feel. And like the context to the memories as he's regaining his humanity, I guess for the lack of a better word. Yeah. Because they kind of made him very relatable and very human very quickly. Mm hmm. From Age of Ultron through to his death in Endgame, like they made him like the most empathetic character yeah, in the, the MCU, robot. I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I, I kind of hope that he has a little bit of more inner struggle to get back to that point. Honestly, that vision vision conversation was the most like thick sci fi dialogue I've, I've heard in a long time, because, you know, that's something that sci fi does such a great job. Like if you're like reading Dune or something like that, like the 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 actual explanation of how like truth works and stuff like that like holy cow yeah i never actually like thought through that process or something like that um that was what that conversation was and like what is self and uh boy I, marvel keep going at it that was a really good one that's a good good shout out and then with aubrey plaza what are you thinking uh so I love everything that this person touches yeah she is fantastic yeah like it, I don't watch much of like, say, for example, the late uh, late show Stephen Colbert. I don't watch a whole lot of that. I'll usually watch his monologues from time to time. But when she's on that show, I'll watch her segments because she is freaking brilliant. Whether or not she knows it or tries to be as yeah. awesome as she is, she's just she's incredible. And her style of acting for she's probably been typecast since Parks and Rec. But <laughs> that style of acting that she's known for, I think, would fit in with the the Agatha Harkness witchy side of yeah. uh, a TV, especially a Marvel. Like a, I'm guessing it's going to be a little goofy from here, like here and there, a little campy maybe. And that's what I want. And Aubrey Plaza fits that perfectly. Oh yeah. WandaVision was definitely campy in a way that was like, okay, yes. Like an entire black and white episode. Yes, please. I'm here yep. for this. That's great. <laughs> yeah. And then Aubrey Plaza knows the assignment. She knows who she is, what she's cast as. She's totally perfect for this. And so is Stephen Colbert actually when he interviews her because I think interviewing her would kind of throw you off at first. And, yeah. But you could tell Colbert just knows, like, I got you, Aubrey. Like, it, those two work really <laughs> well together. It's so funny. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so Aubrey Plaza actually played in a Marvel show on the Fox side of things. Uh, in the show, I think it's called Legion. I haven't seen it before, where she works with Xavier's son. I don't remember, guys. Marvel's a lot. Um, but, so she's she actually is a bad guy there. She's, like, possessed by a bad guy, a demon-like character. So they could be pulling in a Fox character into this, but I kind of just wanted to play just like a witch from Salem kind of thing. I think that'd be more fun in my opinion. Yeah. Generic character that you don't know before and you get to grow to know her throughout the show as a side character. Yeah. Anything else you want to dive into before we head into recommendations? Um, I don't know uh, anything about Wonder Man, but if it's a Marvel character that is yeah. like very not very well known, like the Guardians of the Galaxy at the time before they made a movie out of it. Right. Then I'm excited for this because they haven't done me wrong yet. He does become a love interest to Scarlet Witch at some point. So that might be something that they're trying to cook up. 
Um, and again, Bob Odenkirk. So I'm like, okay, yeah, if you got Better Call Saul on there, I'm here. So <laughs> that's perfect. And heck yeah, Yahya Abdul Mateen. He played uh, uh, Dr. Manhattan in the Watchmen series for HBO. That's Super how. I, okay, cool. the name sounded familiar. Okay, yeah. okay. He was nice. so freaking good in that. So. Oh yeah, the entire time I'm like, oh, he's just a loving husband. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that too. All right, let's go ahead and get into our recommendations. I'll start with mine off. Uh, so we're getting into that cozy season. You knew you guys did a really cool episode over on Pushing Buttons about comfort games, which I was screaming like, why are you not saying Minecraft and see these? Okay, so I really wanted to get my opinion in there, but I thought, what about comfort shows? For me, one of them is AP Bio. It's on Peacock and I got a deal. I'm not necessarily sure I got it, but it's $2 a month. Or are they if you if I tell them you're gonna be there for a year, it's really cool. Anyway, so AP Bio, four seasons. It is essentially just like the first two seasons of Community. So if you like Community, watch AP Bio. I will throw out this caveat: it takes a bit to think that that's not Dennis from uh, Always Sunny Philadelphia. <laughs> it does take a bit because he's really playing his character. And me and Jonathan have a fun little game where you guys watch Always Sunny. Uh, he leaves at the end of one season and then comes back later in the first episode of the, the next season. Because he like goes with his wife, whatever, that has his child. It's a whole thing. We like to pretend like the entire AP bio is in that one year that he's gone. <laughs> and he pretends to be a That's teacher for a while. Great. And then goes back to Philly. And it really surprisingly works well. So uh, check that out. And he wears, and so it's comfort because first off, it's just like, it always has a good ending. It's just straight up a sitcom. Again, it's community. And he wears a cardigan the entire time. And I love cardigan season, man. I'm still, I already got, I got a brand new cardigan this year. I always buy a new cardigan. I'm an old man. Why does that not shock me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love me some cardigans, guys. Uh, so check that out. What do you got for your recommendation of the week? Honestly, I gave this gave a random show a shot on Netflix a couple weeks ago. And if you're a fan of 30 Rock at all, uh, Tina Fey executive produced another show that's very, very similar. It's called Great News. Oh, it is what? so good. Yeah, it, there were only two seasons of it. Uh, it's like a total of 22, 23 episodes, but it is exactly the same style of humor as 30 Rock. Mm -hmm. So if you're at all a fan of 30 Rock, you'll like this show. You'll get it immediately. It's the same kind of over the top zany um, oh, style of humor with the some of the most over the top kind of characters that would ever be in a situation like that. And instead of uh, 30 Rock is more about characters like behind the scenes of a snl style show this is yeah. characters that are running a news show so it's, it's on netflix you said it's on netflix right now okay. yeah I, I think it was originally on like nbc or something didn't last very mm. long but yeah great news on netflix two seasons not very long to get through uh worth it if you like 30 rock i love tina fey i like her comedy style yeah 30 rock was really good the the long running inside jokes were so like uh kenneth like is he a Angel, what's his deal? <laughs> I, I love that whole bit. <laughs> it's great. All right. Um, great news and AP Bio for me. Uh, that is it for us this week, guys. Please keep uh, keep looking out for everything else with uh, Geek Freaks going on. We have a brand new season starting soon for round three. And obviously, two of our shows are getting some reworks and are going to be real fancy. I can't wait. Um, well, we're going into that kind of fall season, holiday season, where we kind of slow things down a little bit also. So bear with us. Stream has been popping off. Hang out with us on stream, guys. Oh, man, I'm loving it. All right, that's it for us this week. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.